Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, a podcast brought to you by Trace Labs. It's our mission here to facilitate OSINT for everyone. We'll be hearing from industry experts, community leaders, and everyday people about the tools, topics, and techniques that will make your OSINT collection better. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breadcrumbs. Today, I am joined by Jessica from the NCPTF, National Child Protection Task Force. Jessica, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing really good. I'm also joined by Alex Minster, aka Believe from Trace Labs. Alex, how are you? I'm, I'm great and happy to be here as well. Everybody always says that, and I always <laughs> think they're lying to me. It's, a, know, it's do, always a good day with Tom. <laughs> Well, awesome. This is actually um, a really interesting dynamic we have set up here. Um, everyone's a host and everyone's a guest. We're going to be discussing subject matter that we're all familiar with in one way, shape, or form. Um, so it's a conversation, not, not an interview, not an interrogation. Um, we're going to have, I think, a really good time here. So the reason I've brought us all together is because we're all volunteers. Alex and myself volunteer with Trace Labs. Jessica volunteers with the NCPTF. So we're here today just to talk about that. Um, the excitement, the dangers, the pitfalls, um, things the people that want to get involved need to consider or that we wish we'd considered. And just how we deal with, you know, juggling that time commitment to an amazing cause and real life. So with that being said, um, hopefully people listening to this podcast know what Trace Labs is. So I'll actually start off with Jessica. Do you want to talk about NCPTF, what it is, what they do, how you're involved? Absolutely. So NCPTF is the National Child Protection Task Force, and we do a couple of different things, but the primary function and vision of this organization is to help kids just simply be kids. We want to create a world where kids can enjoy their childhood without the fear of predation or exploitation or, or harm from other people. So um, we do a couple of different things. The primary function really is to support law enforcement in their efforts to bring home missing or exploited children to hunt online predators. And then um, we also have a really fantastic arm where we assist in the geolocation of CSAM or child sexual abuse material. So really we're just a group of, you know, this band of misfit volunteers who are all investigators or analysts. And obviously we have our wonderful administrative marketing and fundraising volunteers as well. But we, we hop on to a case whenever law enforcement needs us to use the, the wonderful array of tools and techniques that partners provide to us. And we assist in whatever way we can to help them uh, move their case along and bring these kids home or bring these predators to justice. Amazing. Thank you for doing that. I'm glad somebody's out there doing that. Where do you fit into the organization specifically? Can you talk about like, you know, what, what, what skills you get to apply in that role? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'll talk about NCPTF as long as you want me to. So I am the special investigations lead for the organization. So my primary role is going to be helping to coordinate and lead the cases that have um, a high degree of sensitivity. So these are going to be like the weird, com super complex cases that maybe have tons of moving parts, multiple different subjects involved versus just, you know, a single missing individual uh, the other piece of that is going to be projects or operations that have uh, a bit of longevity to them. So for planning an operation in coordination or in partnership with law enforcement, that's going to require uh, a good amount of lead time where we're hunting down multiple different people, multiple organizations, and then law enforcement is going to go out and execute some sort of physical operation, whether that's surveillance, arrest, anything like that, we're going to, I'm going to be the one that is helping pull all of our analysts and our investigators together to obtain all of that intelligence that's going to go into their, their operation. Um, so I work on cases, 
uh, when I have time. And then I'm also going to be in that leadership function as well. And frankly, because we are such a small, scrappy organization at this place, we typically wear multiple hats. So I'm helping coordinate our upcoming conference in June, um, dealing with volunteer, or excuse me, uh, attendee vetting which is a, a little bit interesting. I haven't done that before, as well as some marketing and some fundraising. So getting, getting to try a lot of different things as we are kind of trying to figure out our vision and our organizational structure and just make all of this good work happen. So um, if you like to try all sorts of different hats and different roles, NCPTF might be for you. Excellent. Um... There are like seven different things I would love to unpack across what you just told me. So we'll start at the beginning. Can we start with the OSINT piece or the investigation piece? Or I guess, what role does open source intelligence play in the work that you're doing within CPTF? Can you speak to the methodologies at all? Or Absolutely. That's a great question. Truthfully, this... OSINT is the crux of how we, we help law enforcement with our cases. So when you think about some of the smaller law enforcement jurisdictions across the U.S. Uh, and the rapid pace at which open source and online investigations change, law enforcement doesn't always have the bandwidth or the, the budget or the tools or the technology to, to keep up with that pace at which our investigative techniques change. So that's where... Um, NCPTF can step in and assist. So we partner with a ton of different private sector organizations who provide us free licenses to their amazing tools, um, which is obviously a huge help in terms of time saving when you're when you're in an investigation. It's, you know, it's critical when you're dealing with a missing person, right? But the reality is nothing can replace good old fashioned sleuthing. Um, that's it's truthfully, there's there's a good chunk of us who actually prefer the more manual location of evidence or intelligence. I love being able to just comb through accounts and then find those connections that we need or find that one post that leads us to a connection that law enforcement hasn't interviewed yet that might give them some sort of um, intelligence that brings that person home. So we, we all kind of approach investigations a little bit differently, which is what I think makes us so effective. Some of us are great with dark web techniques, whether that's, again, manual, you know, just going into the dark web and sleuthing around and digging up what they need or leveraging the scraping tools we have. Um, we have other individuals who are wonderful with Photoshop. So when we're talking about um, CSAM and you have predators who are blurring out pieces of images to to obfuscate you know, what is in the background of that image because they know that law enforcement, one of the techniques is we, we look at, well, what else is in the image? Where can, we, where can we put that particular bag of potato chips that we can see? Can we place that in a certain country? Those predators are blurring those things out. And so the individuals within our, our team work to clear up those images so we can actually get a good picture of different objects that we can we can place throughout the world to hopefully help us find where that predator is located. And we've had some wonderful success within that particular program. So hopefully that answers your question. We, you know, we we rely, I think, equally on on tools, but also the just the manual digging. And um, frankly, when you're when you're dealing with like I said, the, the ever-changing landscape within the OSINT and like the digital investigatory world, um, knowing how to get that information without relying on tools is the best foundation anyone can have. And obviously our partners are, are in a for-profit business, so they keep on top of those tools to make sure that they continue to function and work for us, which is wonderful. And we are so incredibly grateful for that. But I personally, um, I want to know how to get to that information without any sort of reliance on tools. So I'm going to be the one that probably is sometimes a little bit slower and behind the curve, but as long as I can find it and then I can retrace my steps on how I got there, I know that I'll, I won't be able, or excuse me, I won't lose that skill set um, if that tip or, or that tool ever goes away. Yeah, and you hit on two really important things that I think maybe the public at large doesn't consider. One, individuals or small groups are going to be a lot more nimble than larger, maybe law enforcement organizations, but also the people that are stuck dealing with this at the law enforcement level, they're not the NSA. They're not the FBI, typically. They're local law enforcement that 
does not have a CSI crime lab. They don't have, you know, that nerdy technician in the basement who's the computer person and they make all the magic happen, you know, in, you know, before the commercial break. Like those that doesn't exist in small town police departments. Like they just don't have the resources. They're overworked. They're overloaded. They don't have the training to deal with every single possible crime ever. <laughs> and people often forget that. Like I saw a comment once in reference to what Trace Labs is doing. And they said something like, well, doesn't, you know, the NSA or the FBI, like don't these state level people already have all this information? I mean, if it's on Facebook, someone's already collected it. Why are we doing this? Well, probably, but they're not the ones looking for missing people. They're not the ones investigating exploited children more often than not. When you think about it like that, it's like, holy crap, I can't believe we're the only ones doing this. Like, that's kind of terrifying that there are so few organizations doing what you do. And and additionally, there's also some value that Trace Labs and NCPTF can provide in that validation of investigations to where if they're reaching out and saying, we run into a dead end, can you help us? And you get a volunteer community such as Trace Labs, NCPTF, that goes through and produces the exact same results and has that exact same roadblocks. That still provides tremendous validation of law enforcement works and their efforts as well, um, and and can help provide some closure to the uh, to the families uh, that are looking for missing persons. Absolutely. I think people often forget that a lack of finding is still a finding because sometimes there isn't anything out there to be found. So having that, that other source be able to, like you said, validate that, no, unfortunately, there isn't anything, any type of digital footprint that is going to move the needle on this case is not only beneficial, but necessary because it allows law enforcement to say, okay, we've checked this box, we need to pivot and head another direction. Yeah, the other thing that I often think about is the landscape, as you mentioned, is ever evolving, it's ever changing, it seems to be accelerating at an exponential rate. If you look at how fast things are changing, is it on your end, is it kind of like a cat and mouse game? Like, you know, you kind of mentioned with the blurring of like, you know, the background of photos, like the people that you're after, so to speak, they're kind of wise to some of these techniques. Can you talk at all about the back and forth there? Like, I guess, like, how long is a technique good for before that technique gets burned and then it's off to the next thing? Like, can you talk about that back and forth? Oh my gosh, you hit the nail on the head in terms of it being a cat and mouse game. I, that's, that's the perfect analogy. And whether that comes to, you know, the, the way that predators, uh, seek out and groom their targets or whether it is this particular Facebook graph search, you know, rest in peace, no longer, no longer works. So it's constantly keeping on top of those different tips and techniques and resources and workarounds that, that we leverage. It's, it's so interesting when you think about, uh, we, we're constantly harping on to protect their protect their information, make sure that your accounts are locked down, make sure that everything is private, particularly when it comes to children. You know, we're, we're in the business of trying to keep people safe, rescue missing kids and things like that. But that's the same information that we then turn around and exploit to say, not in a bad way, but that's the same information that we leverage and hopes to bring them home um, and to, to put their, their victimizer behind bars. So yeah, staying on top of strategies is that is almost a full-time job in and of itself on top of the fact that all of us work day jobs and then we're now doing this this volunteer work outside of it the i think the best thing though about this OSINT community is how willing everybody is to make sure that everyone stays informed and helping everybody learn your community because you know uh, a facebook search dies the next day somebody has a workaround for you. And so you're just taking out that that burned, you know, resource and you're inserting a new one. And so we're able to stay on top of it and we're able to continue moving forward with our investigations, even in this rapidly changing space. So I truthfully don't know 
what I would do without the rest of the the OSINT community uh, being willing to help each other stay on the top of our game. Excellent. And you mentioned something there that I would love to explore further. You mentioned the fact that we all have lives outside of our volunteer work. Um, that's incredibly stressful, uh, especially when you're volunteering for an organization that does a really good thing, that has a very noble mission and has very real consequences. You know, if you're volunteering with Trace Labs, like the work you're putting in could help find a missing person. This isn't a game. If you're with NCPTF, you could be bringing exploited children home or putting bad people behind bars. This is a very, like these are very real consequences that you're supposed to find time for when you're not busy with work, family, other responsibilities. I'd love us as a group just to explore that. Um, Alex, what's been your experience trying to balance the Trace Labs mission with your real life? Yeah, so it, it, it is an interesting balance. And I was just thinking of like when you have those re occasional responses from law enforcement or even NCPTF saying, you did some amazing work. Thank you so much. You contributed to this case that had a happy ending. Well, then that just fuels you for like, okay, now I'm going to just dedicate even more time to this because you get that that uh, that validation of your work. So it, it becomes kind of a, a difficult balance sometimes, um, you know, or if you're, you're likewise not seeing a lot of uh, progression, then you might go, well, am I am I spending too much time at work? Could I have dedicated more time to this? Um, was there more that could be done? Uh, and you have, um, you know, just, um, sometimes that, that work-life balance going, you know, do, do I spend the weekend with the kids or do I spend the weekend doing um, work on the reporting and delivering the reports for all these organizations? Uh, so it, it can be kind of, kind of tricky. Jessica, how about you with NCPTF? Um, I would almost go so far as to say the things you do day in, day out there are even more intense than over at Trace Labs. I mean, these are very, very bad people you're trying to find and you're, you're trying to bring kids home. Can you talk like how you deal with balancing all that? Well, um, if the, the self-care assessment that I took this morning results are any indication of I balance those things, it wouldn't be a great answer. But no, in all seriousness, um, I have two children who are my world. And at the end of the day, um, when I'm working a case and I'm struggling or I'm tired, I think about what if it was them. And all I know is that I would want a team of individuals like Trace Labs or like NCPTF or ILF uh, hunting for my kids and, and doing so with the, the passion and ferocity that I know that these entire teams do this with. So in my opinion, every, every kid out there whose case we work deserves that mama bear and that papa bear who is going to fight for them and, and look for them as hard as we would for our own kids. Now that said, you know, at, at a certain point, there is burnout. And at a certain point, sometimes we do unfortunately see things that we can't unsee or that, that trigger us in ways that we never expected, right? Um, sometimes you don't know what you're getting into when you start a case. You think it's just a, you know, I hate to say this, but a quote unquote typical missing persons case. And as you dig down that rabbit hole, all of a sudden the, the case is turned upside down because you find something that is way darker than you ever expected to, to pop up in that particular case. And that can be really, really difficult. And because sometimes those things are unanticipated, you can't necessarily prepare yourself for that. So I think what is so important and what, what we do within NCPTF is we really, really look out for each other and we do it in a very tough love sort of way. So when one of us is struggling, whether it's because we are not paying enough attention to our families or it's because we have work commitments that need our attention kind of outside the typical 40 hour work week, or it's because we're just 
burned out or are seeing things that are getting to us, we kick each other offline and we say, go take a break. I got this. I've got your back. You need to go unplug. And it's great. We hold each other accountable. We make sure that we're taking the time that we need for ourselves. We make sure that we're not slacking on our day jobs because that is how we pay our bills, which allows us volunteer with NCPTF for Trace Labs. So I think having a community that um, doesn't foster burning the candle at both ends and requires you to step away when you're struggling is, is the way that we keep going. And without that tough love sometimes, um, we would be burning ourselves out so quickly. Um, and then our, you know, our of course, our turnover would be would be terrible. So, yeah, we're we're not afraid to to kick each other offline when when things are getting a little too rough. So I try I try to look at it as okay, you know, if I burn myself out, that was great. Maybe I finished that one case, super great. But now, how many am I going to miss? So I try to take a step back and look at it. And to your point, like, hey, if I I'm slacking in my day job. It's going to be really hard to volunteer when I, you know, can't pay my bills. Um, you hit on the importance of community. And I'd really like to explore that next. So whether it's NCPTF, whether it's Trace Labs, whether it's just a really good Discord, you know, there are a ton of communities out there that aren't organizations like you don't have to do what ncptf does to be a positive community but i think it's super important especially for new people to find a good community because osint can get really dangerous really quick <laughs> if you don't have a group of people sort of showing you the ropes looking out for you talking about the do's and don'ts Alex or Jessica, would you want to start speaking to that? The community, you know, helping us out. Um, it, it, it's always great to see those resources and see those responses. Um, you know, in the Trace Labs community, somebody asks a question, you get some some answers for that. Um, I did like what was was stated earlier that we're, you know, we're a collection of, of misfit volunteers. Uh, I think really there's there's a couple great things from that is that we we are that collection that really helps out that you have some unique take and you go oh I know this some obscure um you know some uh, obscure financial reference you'll get some volunteer that go oh what you know it like you know I've done eight years in dealing with this uh, specific obscure thing and that helps with that collection uh, it also helps that you know the collection of people do to help you with, with burnout and balance and recommendations and um, you know things that may may uplift your spirits. We certainly you know in the Trace Lab community share things that uplift spirits as well. For um, you know post event, I say yeah you know get out there after the event there uh, take some time for yourself and just transition uh, that mental space. And we have a great community that helps out with that. Um, you know, so I, I love that with Trace Labs. I'd be interested in hearing what uh, NCPTF is like. Are there memes? <laughs> so, so I've been a part of the organization for going on, um, coming up on just just about a year now. And so, like I said, we're we're great about kicking each other offline when we when we need a break. But I think within this space, and this is probably going to sound so incredibly crass, um, but it. it it happens and it's it's a coping mechanism, right? But we we joke a lot. We're super snarky, we're super sarcastic, we razz on each other all the time. Um, sometimes you're making jokes that, you know, maybe in a in a investigatory context that are just ridiculous, but it's how it's how we laugh, it's how we find the light in in the darkness that we're we're wading through constantly within these investments and and having that community that just simply understands because they see the same stuff that you see. Um, they're, they're sitting in that same headspace that you are when they're doing an investigation. Um, it's, 
if you're doing this on your own, you're not going to last very long um, because A, it's just not good for your psyche. B, you don't have have a team to pull you away when perhaps you you need a break and you're not. Um, and it becomes less fun. Like not that the work that we do is, is fun, but the community is fun and the successes are fun and the learning is fun. Being able to continue to grow your skills, learning from each other, leaning on each other is, is another reason, you know, and another perk why we do that for doing this. I, this okay. Uh, we obviously do it to bring the kids home and to keep the kids safe. But, you know, my husband harps on me all the time. He's like, I think you need to find a hobby. And I'm like, I have one. It's hunting down predators. <laughs> like it, it, that's, I love, I love doing this. I love what I do. I'm so lucky to be a part of this investigatory and OSINT community. And um, this, this is how I like to spend my free time. So he hunts animals. I hunt bad guys. It's, we're one in the same sort of kind of. I also wanted to share, you know, the, the importance of just kind of sharing experiences there and even sharing pitfalls, because you're right that if you try going at this alone, um, you can run into some of those pitfalls. And it's like, I, you know, I, I like sharing that. It's like, there's, there are times where it's like, you do get burned out. There are times to where you, you don't feel like letting go of a thing and it can really keep those ghosts rattling around in your heads. Uh, there are times where it's like, yeah, you need to to take some mental self-care, some mental health checks. There are things that, um, you know, may be damaging there. And it's important to say those things happen. That There are times where I've got to take a week off just to recompose. Um, and it's important to share that with the community so that people don't feel like they're alone in experiencing this. Uh, and that the, the things that they're experiencing, the steps that they're going through, they're not alone in that. Um, and that's the power of the community kind of, you know, sharing that and sharing tips that, you know, yeah, we, we share, share memes as well um, that, that we keep in a tasteful fashion there and just really to, to help each other out, um, you know, and, and walk through this together. Yeah. And the thing about community and the, the reason I always preface it with find a good community, not just find a community one of the things that communities do, whether it's online or in real life, is they reinforce a shared set of values, they reinforce behaviors, they discourage other behaviors, and those are all relative to the goals or the benefits of that community. And that can be dangerous. So the reason I say find a good community is because you're going to be surrounded by people that especially if you're new, are going to point you in the right direction, you know, point out some pitfalls to avoid, give you a set of rules to work with. There are no OSINT rules. I, I, I have yet to find that rule book on GitHub. Maybe we need to make one. But you can do whatever you want, and that's incredibly dangerous for someone that is maybe just getting into it. Or, you know, someone that just kind of fell down a Facebook rabbit hole or just heard about a missing person near where they live and they're just kind of looking into it. There are so many things to consider before you even open up your web browser. If you're not with a good community, that can go in a bad direction pretty quick. Any experience from either of you with that? No experience, but it's like I've, I've had people say that it's just OSINT in the wrong hands can be terrifying. Like these exact same tools that we use to find all sorts of things can be terrifying. Um, you know, I, I sometimes get that response in, in day job, just security awareness that people go, oh, this is so frightening, the amount of things that you can find on a person online. And I'm like, yeah, in the wrong hands, it, it can be terrifying. Just connecting all these different breadcrumbs together, um, you know, can, you know, be be phenomenally terrifying if you're using it for the wrong purposes. Trace Labs and NCPTF use that same accumulation of breadcrumbs for good, uh, but it, it's certainly that odd balance to where, you know, like we said earlier, uh, on one hand, you kind of wish that information wasn't there so that bad people can't do bad things with it. But on the other hand, you recognize the value of having that information there because then 
good organizations like NCPTF can do great things with that information and really help law enforcement and help bring uh, missing and exploited uh, individuals home. And I think even on top of that, you, we never quite know the, the sophistication level of the people that we're hunting. I would say nine times out of 10, we're taking the prop, we as, you know, educated organizations with, you know, operating procedures who know how to protect ourselves online and do an investigation safely, you know, we're taking the steps to make sure that our data and our identities are protected. Uh, if you are an individual who is just getting into this, you might not necessarily, but the, the, the important takeaway is we don't necessarily know the sophistication level of the people that we're, we're hunting, right? If you're, if you're hunting an actual predator versus looking for a missing person and unfortunately, like there are some really, really bad people out there who know things that are well beyond our skill sets. And so making sure that we're protecting ourselves and our families is so incredibly important. Um, just simply because we need to stay safe in order to be able to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, we need to protect the integrity of our investigations because groups like ours, yes, we do great work and things like that, but we're, our reputations are, are very, very fragile. And if we mess up an investigation, Tom, like you said earlier, it, it can be life or death for that missing person or that child. Um, and unfortunately, there, there are well-intentioned individuals out there who want to help, but they don't know how to do it way. And that's, again, speaks to your point about finding an, a community that can help provide you some of that structure and those guardrails to ensure that you're not you know, putting putting yourself in harm's way, you're not putting your, your victim in harm's And then if you are a part of a, a community, like you're not putting that community's reputation in harm's way either. Yeah, and I think the other value that either a community or an organization is gonna add is that if you truly are passionate about missing people or helping exploited children, finding an, a group that's already plugged in to that space is just going to make your own efforts more effective. So if you're in CPTF, you already have connections to law enforcement. If you're Trace Labs, you already have, or ILF, you already have connections to people that are the boots on the ground taking these people down. Um, by having that connection, that makes your efforts much more effective. Versus if you were just, if I'm just Tom on the internet trying to find someone, I'm not saying that those efforts aren't valuable, but if you're plugged in with a group, it's going to be a lot more efficient, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So that's the other, I think, value add of plugging into a community or an organization that has established ties to that mission. Exactly. Yeah, I do like the... I, I do like the statement of, of guardrails as well that it, it helps and the partnership with law enforcement is that it really just helps having those guardrails in place um, because the trace labs um, we certainly see a lot of individuals that they want to get into things that they really dig into not understanding that there's a law enforcement uh, partnership there where they say I need to gain access to this account I need to log in as them I need to get into and read their emails or track their phone and you go, but we're partnering with law enforcement. Law enforcement can do those processes to dig into that, that you have those guardrails and the, the partnerships that are important um, for curbing the community. Because again, like you like said earlier, community of misfit volunteers and sometimes that misfit part of our volunteer organization can poke its head up, but the community does a great job of, of curbing that. Yeah, something else that Jessica touched on that I'd like to explore further. There's the expression that by the time you think about OPSEC, it's almost always too late. You know, if you're just getting into 
information security, just getting into OSINT, just getting into the internet, by the time you start thinking, oh, I should probably be more safe online, you've been unsafe for a very long time. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't start now, but in the context of NCPTF, that can have consequences. Do you want to speak to OPSEC? Um, maybe just some basic things people should be doing in general to protect themselves or, or their loved ones? Absolutely. Um, one thing that I, I love is, is how, um, how good our different browsers have become in terms of allowing users to protect their identities. You know, you don't have to use a million and one plugins or extensions these days. However, there are some great ones out there to be able to add additional layers of security. Um, I use I use Privacy Badger. We've used Ghostry before in the past. Like there are so many wonderful things out there, kind of stopping those tracks and whatnot for just kind of basic level investigations. I think that I will fully raise my hand and admit that I am terrible at this. Is anytime I'm doing an investigation that involves an uh, international target, turning on a VPN. It's so incredibly simple. Uh, especially with the free ones out there. I'm awful at remembering to turn it on. And again, thank you, thankful for my community because they're they're asking if I'm using it. And it's usually an, oh crap, yep, hold on. Clear my browsers, clear everything out, turn the VPN on, start over again. Uh, so, so I think that is so stinking easy. And, uh, you know, taking those super super basic level precautions are going to make your investigations so much safer. Uh, of course, using a virtual machine is great. They can be a little bit complicated. You got to make sure that you're staying on top of updates and things like that. But again, anytime you're investigating an international target, or obviously anything on the dark web, making sure that you have that in place is really, really important. Um, I also think something that people forget about and this isn't necessarily OPSEC, but it's it's investigative integrity, is making sure that you're documenting evidence in a proper way. Uh, so a PDF instead of a PNG, um, you know, documenting something that has some sort of footer on it to make sure that time date is, is saved, making sure that you're capturing the entire Facebook page versus just the image. All of that is is important to an investigation. And you know, if you're if you're doing if you're doing this without those proper precautions, not only are you jeopardizing your own safety, but jeopardizing the integrity of the case as well. Sorry, I know I kind of took that in a different direction. So I would love any recommendations that the two of you have in terms of, of OPSEC though. It, like you said, Tom, like it's always changing. So I think the more we can share that type of stuff, the, the safer we're all gonna be. So hit me with them. I'm gonna take notes while you talk. <laughs> well. I'd like to bring it back to something that Alex said earlier, and it's to the effect of if we're out there looking for missing people or you're out there trying to track down a bad person online, they're potentially doing the exact same thing to you. So I guess I try to approach investigations with the understanding that the people that I'm maybe looking for or looking into have at least, but probably a greater degree of skill at this than I do. So sort of approaching it from a place of like known ignorance, I guess, and just taking like, you know, so then being super careful, like assuming that every single thing you're doing online is being logged because it is, spoiler alert, <laughs> but understanding that like to most people, that's not a big deal, but depending on what you're doing, the fact that your real IP address just got logged in a server that you don't know who owns that server, but that history is forever. Um, so depending on the nature of your investigation, just assuming that every single thing is being tracked, every single thing is being logged. Um, so just kind of approaching it from that worst case scenario is how I go about OPSEC. Alex? Yeah, it's like I go about OPSEC and I, I always have a bit of like terror talking about OPSEC being like, I'm going to give some tips and then what if I get like an email being like, bro, you missed like this thing over here about you. Like I found all this stuff, like you suck at op OPSEC because of this thing over here. Um, but really it is just a lot of times habits. Um, the advice I give on like VPNs and stuff is to where, which one's the best. And it says, 
it the the best one in my opinion is the one that that you use consistently there's going to be the you're going to get you know somebody that's going to you know push their nerd glasses and say well actually this one over here has all these configs and these things that you can do and i go but i i'm only going to turn that on like two hours out of the day because it's just going to be such a mess to maintain versus the ones that i do as a consistent practice um, and you go, you know, I've started even saying you, you know, as following Tom's spoiler alert is the, you're allowed to lie on the internet. And I tell that to like newcomers on, you know, when they worry about like social media and all these things, I go, you don't have to share your exact location. You don't have to share your real location. You can make up a location. You don't have to share your birth date. You don't have to share exactly who your employer is. I say, you know, my, you know, basically, you know, the, the tax man and my employer are really the only two people that need to know who I work for. Uh, I don't need to tell everybody everything. Um, and it's just that that habit forming to where if you stop and go, you know, do I need to disclose this information? Do I need to have this out there? You're talking about, you know, privacy extensions. Can you turn those on, set it, forget it? It's just a, a habitual cyber hygiene there um that's really important for opsec and you know like i said just yeah I, I worry that i might talk about opsec and somebody's gonna find some some blog or some post or something that i have that's been floating out there for 10 years on me yeah that's that stuff's out there but my habitual cyber hygiene is going to just get better and better um you know as as time goes on as i learn tips from from you jessica tips from tom and tips from trace labs community uh, tip lab trace tips from all over the place there uh, that will certainly help and that that's my my advice is just keep accumulating tips and keep doing things for just your habitual hygiene um, and if you ever if anybody's ever interested in specifics there's plenty of guides and again getting back to that community of, of misfit volunteers somebody's going to have an excellent guide i'll share a guide on something and the community will go well here's here's an even better more in-depth guide that i didn't even know existed uh and and that's the benefits of of having um you know being plugged into those communities like that yeah <clears throat> i was just going over our list of things we've you know sketched out to talk about kind of re replaying our conversation in my head and it just occurred to me we may have painted a discouraging picture for people looking to get involved. We, we, we talked about burnout. We talked about OPSEC and the danger and all these different to-dos. Um, I'd like us to talk about why people should get involved, you know, why there's a place for them in our communities and why our communities need them. Yeah, so for those that did not shut off the podcast when it started getting scary, yes, it is. It's extremely rewarding um, work to do. Extremely rewarding value to to have. Um, it you don't encounter. I in trace labs we don't encounter the uh, you know, super scary things on a regular basis. It's not like you're going to volunteer with trace labs, go five minutes in, and then go, holy cow, I got to schedule in a, you know, some some sort of mental therapy because I'm, I'm scarred now five minutes into it. Um, that, that's, that's not the likelihood. You're going to have a great community uh, that helps out, very rewarding. You're going to learn um, some skills both for uh, what you can contribute to investigations and some skill sets that you can use for, um, you know, sharpening up your own cyber hygiene um, you know, some people get inspired to really learn programming languages or contribute to tool sets. And it's just really helps uh, inspire um, your own skill sets there that you have this community that's uh, looking for that and that will guide you as well. Um, you know, Jessica, what do you think? You know, I think uh, getting into this is in getting into the open source and the investigative community, it's kind of like when you first learned to drive a car when you were 16. I don't know if you guys remember, like I, maybe you, you thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was terrified. I was like, I have to look at this and I have to look at this and I have to pay attention to this. And if I do it wrong, I might kill somebody. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what we do. And, but the, the more comfortable you get, the more you learn, the more practice you get, there's a freedom in it. And like you said, there's, there's a mutually beneficial process there. You learn skills, 
Alex, to your point, you learn skills and things that are, can keep yourself safe. Um, even if you are not an investigator by day uh, or, or within the cyber or the infosec community, you're going you're gonna to learn the privacy settings that you need to have on your computer or your Facebook account that are going to keep you and your family safe. Super, super simple. But then you have the ability to potentially impact somebody else's life. You know, putting a predator behind bars that can no longer victimize any other kids bringing home a missing child so that a mom has her daughter or a father has his son or siblings have their brother and sister and they don't have this gaping in their family for the rest of their lives. I mean, there's there's truly no greater success story, in my opinion, than ensuring that a, a life stays intact and a family stays intact. I mean, there's it's, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's, it's so motivating um, and inspiring and truly like all of the darkness and the stress and the worry. And, you know, the Tom, you said we painted a very, very dark picture. Yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff involved in what we do, but the benefits outweigh the negatives a million to one. I mean, I would at no point with all of this I have seen want to walk away from this plain and simple. So if you, if you have the passion and you, and you have the, the ability to get involved with the community, do it because there's, there's truly for me, like no, no greater feeling in the entire world than being able to help law enforcement bring home a missing child. Yeah. And I think the thing that I might add to that is, don't feel like you have to be an investigator to contribute. Don't feel like you even have to be an information security person or a programmer or have an intelligence background. Um, it takes so many people to make these organizations function. I mean, <clears throat> if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have this award-winning podcast. Well, I'm sure we'll win some awards someday. But the point being, like if it wasn't for me, like Trace Labs wouldn't have this. If it wasn't for the admin people at NCPTF, there wouldn't be anybody to interface with law enforcement. It would just be a bunch of investigators. Like it takes so many people. If Trace Labs didn't have Sean and Chase, there wouldn't be an amazing website. Like it takes so many people with so many different skills to contribute to these organizations' mission. Um, I really want people to understand that there's probably a place for you somewhere, even if you're not an investigator by day. So that'd be my sort of thing I want people to take away is that, you know, you can get involved and you can contribute. If I could add to that, I, I'm so glad that you said that because I, of course, was off on my my soapbox about how great this mission is and stuff. And it is, but you're absolutely right. And more often than not, these organizations tend to be investigator heavy because it's the quote unquote sexy part of the organization. But we can't function without people like volunteer coordinators, without our fundraisers, without marketing teams who are going out and finding the donors to, to help us ensure that we maintain funds so that we can keep doing what we're doing. So yeah, Tom is absolutely right. Those those individuals are so integral to the mission. And frankly, just like an investigator is a is an important and niche skill set, so is being a fundraiser. I don't want to go out and and ask people for money like that gives me hives just thinking about it. But there are people that are really really good at that, and we need those people. So. Don't feel like you need to look at, um, you know, look at a missing person case or look at uh, um, cleansed CSAM to be able to participate in this organization. You, we need you. We want you. If you, if you are one of those people who wants to get involved, I can guarantee you call anybody on this, on this episode right now, we'll get you in touch with somebody who needs you. And I also think that's a great way of looping it back to how a note I wrote down from when we opened up is, is we are volunteers helping where we can. And, and that's important that there's a lot of 
there's a lot of people that do website design. They do, they may be phenomenal at, at, at fundraising or marketing or just getting messages out. They may be phenomenal at making podcasts and they may reach out saying, hey, I can, I, I can help you get that award-winning podcast that you're, you're seeking there. And we have all those different resources and that it comes back to that line of we're all helping where we can. Jessica, if people wanted to find you online or find out more about NCPTF, how could they do that? So my Twitter handle is at Scarlet Sleuth. Uh, feel free to connect, reach out, follow. I do my best to make sure that I'm sharing all of the wonderful tips and tricks from within this great OSINT community. And I'm happy to help point people to more resources if they would like to learn. If you would like to learn more about NCPTF, our website is ncptf.org. Um, I know that was really difficult, ncptf.org. The NCPTF Twitter is ncptf8, just the number eight. Excellent. Alex, where can people find you online or find out more about Trace Labs? You can find out more about Trace Labs at tracelabs.org. Um, I'm also incredibly easy to find on the Trace Labs Slack. Um, simply, you know, even if you go, hey, who, who is that weird guy on the podcast? Um, you're either going to reach like Tom or myself there. Um, as for uh, LinkedIn, I'm Alex Minster on LinkedIn. Uh, my Twitter handle is a bit more curious. Uh, my handle is Ulik Belouv, and that's U L I C B E L O U V E. Uh, and certainly hope to see everybody around. Tom, back yes, to you. Yes, and I am unfindable. Uh, I'm actually impossible to find on the internet. That's one of my claims to fame. So good luck. But you can probably find me in the Trace Lab Slack, uh, Human Decoded. Alex and I are pretty active there. So please feel free to reach out with any questions. And Alex and Jessica, thank you again. I look forward to our next conversation. This has been another episode of Breadcrumbs. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at tracelabs.org, on Twitter, at tracelabs. But if you really want to find us, just follow the breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs.